As a spirit-filled church and a church that wants to please the Lord, there are times when the Spirit of the Lord will move, and uh, we have to be sensitive to what others need. And uh, I sense many of you really needed a breakthrough today. And there are times, as the Bible says, we're to come boldly before the throne room of God. We are to dare. And, and as Christians, there's times to, uh, you know, there's scriptures in the Bible about being harmless as a dove, you know. Uh, there are times that we are to be meek with people that are going through things. But there's other times the Bible says we're to be bold as a what? As a lion. Bold as a lion. The Bible says the devil goes about as a roaring lion. But you know something? He's not the lion. Jesus is the lion of Judah. So the lion is in you. You and, the, you and I are the ones who are going to roar. Amen. We're going to speak the word of God with boldness. And there's times that, that when the enemy comes to try to discourage you, he'll come through little, not just major things. There's times he can come through little things. And a lot of little things, you're listening to me, a lot of little things can add up to big things. So don't play around with little disappointments. Many times people become disappointed over many little things, and pretty soon they find themselves overwhelmed. You have to deal with little discouragements right away. Shake them off of you. Cast them down. Say, no, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. And praise God, through Jesus, I have the victory. I am completed him. And you have to deal with that because the enemy will try to come and put this on you. But you know something? We're the ones that are aggressive ones. We're going to back him up. Every day, get up in the morning and say, thank God I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. Satan is under my feet. This is a good day. He's, he's made me more than a conqueror. And just don't put up with discouraging things. Just back, back them down in Jesus' name. Today, I want to minister to you a message about, and I was thinking about this, about the forces of faith. We talked about how that faith will cause us to, to lead, and we're going to lead by the love of God. Amen. We talked about L-E-A-D, and we talked about the faith is the power to encourage ourselves in the Lord when we're going through things. But today, I want to talk to you about the power that is so wonderful, the power of joy. I'm telling you right, how many know this is a good day? This is a good day to have the joy of the Lord. Amen. I mean to tell you what, you know, you're not going to be able to operate in a powerful mountain-moving faith if we're depressed, if we're discouraged. We're not going to be able to back the enemy down. We've got to be, we got to be operating in this powerful joy of the Lord. Now, how many know where joy comes from? It comes from the Lord, but where is it at? It's down in our heart. It's in our spirit. We talk about the force of love. I mean, love will change the whole world when you love people. Amen? And we know that faith works by love. But let me tell you something right now. Jesus ran his race with a joy that was set before him. Can you say amen? So you and I are to operate in this Bible force of joy. And if you don't feel very joyful today, well, you need to stir it up. You need to stir up that joy. You need to activate that joy. That's what faith is all about. I'm not going to be depressed. I refuse to be depressed. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not giving up. We have to stir up that joy and say, this is it. I'm drawing the line. I'm not going to be, this is the end of my discouraging days. I'm going to come on over here, and I'm going to start operating in fullness 
of the joy of the Lord. I've got my faith out there to be joyful every day. I'm going to take authority over my day. I'm going to be more aggressive. Ladies, your house will never get cleaned <laughs> until you make a decision. I'm going to get aggressive. One day I looked at the closet and it was a mess. I said, I've got to clean that closet. I took everything out of there. I cleaned it. I organized the vacuum cleaner. I organized the bags. The bags were not in the bags. And I did everything. And when it was done, it looked good. But I had to get aggressive about it. How many know there's things in your life, sometimes we just kind of let go to the side. We get a little apathetic about things, you know, and we, we you know, how many know what I'm saying? Yes. And there's times we've got to get aggressive if you're thinking wrong thoughts and you're thinking discouraging thoughts. Oh, I wonder if I'm going to make it. I wonder if this is going to happen. You've got to take authority over those things and say, no. Speak the word of God. Amen. So there's times where you have to get aggressive. And it's that way with discouraging news. You have to get it off of you so it does not stick. Amen. The kingdom of God. When we talk about the kingdom of God, it's not just consists of rules and regulations and do's and don'ts. But here's what the Bible says in Romans 14, verse 17. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, righteousness, peace. I mean, it's good to have the peace of God in your life today. The peace of God in your life. We have peace with God. We have the peace of God that passes understanding. Righteousness, right standing with God. How many know that's good? And look at it. And joy. There it is. And joy in the Holy Ghost. God wants us to have joy. Yeah. Not just a fleeting happiness. He wants us to not just have a frivolous type of joy. He wants us to have an everlasting, eternal joy that we can draw from. And I'll tell you, the greatest joy in all the world is being saved and going to heaven. It doesn't get any, if you're looking for anything better now, it's not going to come in a Cadillac. It's not going to come in a vacation. It's going to come in the greatest joy there is, and I'm going to heaven. I'm not going to hell. Amen? Don't ever lose that first love. Don't ever lose that joy of knowing I'm going to heaven. How many know that we're on a journey from the day we get saved until the day we make heaven? Come on. And there's supposed to be some joy. God wants us to operate in Bible joy. Why? Because that's where our strength comes from. The joy of Jesus. Amen. I said the joy of Jesus. The joy of Jesus, I said. That's where joy comes from. The joy of the Lord comes, comes from knowing Jesus. And with this experience comes overwhelming joy bubbling from deep within each one of us. Listen to some scriptures. I'll just quote them. And Acts 13, 52 says, And the disciples were filled with joy. And with the Holy Spirit. John 17, 13. So that, may, so, that, so that they may have full measure of my joy within. God wants us to have full measure of his joy. Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope. May the God of hope. How many of you the God of hope today? The serve, God you serve is the God of all hope. And may he give you this eternal hope. He said, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says, be joyful always. Pray continually. So we can go through a lot of scripture, but God wants us to be full of joy. And uh, Matthew 13, 44 says, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field 
the which when a man hath found, listen, he hideth, and for joy, and for joy thereof, goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Second Corinthians 4, 7 says that we have this treasure, Jesus, in our earthen vessel. And how many know what a treasure Jesus is? How many know we have this treasure? We have Jesus on the inside. Amen? This is the treasure we have, Jesus on the inside. Glory to God. So we have the joy of the Lord. You know, there's a, there, there's a difference between a temporal joy and an eternal joy. And uh, I mean, an eternal joy is a product of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. How many know when Jesus came into your life, he's given you everlasting life? I mean, everlasting life. Everlasting love, everlasting life, everlasting forgiveness, the mercy of God forever and ever. We're going to be with the Lord forever and ever, so we have everlasting life. Well, temporary joy is a product of natural circumstances. Somebody may bless you and say, that's great. Or possibly, you know, how many, many times we, we, we maybe have a birthday party or a Christmas party and you get Christmas presents and it's exciting to open this presents, but then a couple weeks later you forget about it. Amen? That's kind of a temporary frivolous joy. But how many know the joy of Jesus is with us every single day? Amen? So Second uh, Corinthians 4.18 says this. Since we consider... 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen. Notice. Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are visible are temporary. They're brief and fleeting. But the things that are invisible are deathless. And everlasting in the Amplified Bible. Another version says that the things unseen are eternal. So something temporary is subject to change in an instant. But how many know we have an eternal joy? Can you say amen? It's there all the time. We have the force of love and the force of joy. You know, Satan's got a counterfeit for everything. And his goods are only temporary. How many know Satan's got a counterfeit for everything out there? But temporary joy... Could flee in a moment, but eternal joy remains forever and ever and ever. Amen? So it doesn't make any difference what you're going through. You have this eternal joy that God put on the inside of you. It's forever. Amen? And His mercy is there, fresh and new every day. And we can tap into this joy every single day. Listen to this. How many know that temporary joy never quite measures up? to your expectations, just a, a temporary joy. Things, you know, you may be happy about a certain thing, but this eternal joy is there to be your, your measuring stick for happiness. Proverbs 14, 13 says, in the, in the living Bible, laughter cannot mask a heavy heart. Laughter cannot mask a heavy heart, but when laughter ends, the grief remains. Many times people in the world, sometimes Christians have even tried to cover all their, their hurts and their wounds with this time of a, a false mask of joy. But how many know that's just a counterfeit? Amen? We've got to be able to tap into the real joy of the Lord, no matter what we're going through. Amen? 
you have that power to tap into a joy that can put you through no matter what you are going through. And that joy will be your strength. It's not a frivolous joy. It's an inner joy. How many know you've got an inner joy? You've got that inner joy that says God will never leave me. You've got that inner joy. God's good to me. Amen. We've got that inner joy that's there. When we pray, the Lord will hear our prayer and answer our prayer. And when we say, Lord, I need strength today. I can come boldly before the throne. I'm knowing that he will give me strength. Amen. That's that, that's that inner joy that he's there for you, no matter what comes against you. John 16, 33 says, in this world you'll have tribulation, but what? In this world you'll have tribulation, but be of what? Be of good cheer, for Jesus said what? I've overcome the world. How many know he's overcome the world for you? He's made you an overcomer. So this joy that we have, praise God, will help see us through. Nehemiah 8.10 says, Neither be sorry, neither be sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. How I many we have a word from the Lord today? Don't be sorry. Don't be, don't be discouraged. Why? Because the joy, the force of joy is on the inside of you. Amen? You've got to be able to tap into that inner strength. God says, I love you. He's proven his love to us. How many know we can tap into that saying, Lord, God loves me. Amen. He loves me. This I know. Amen. The Bible says so. We've experienced the love of God. So, Father, we thank you for the love of God today. We don't have to rely on somebody doing something for us to have joy or to experience love. Man, we got the love on the inside of us. How many of God's poured out his love in you? How many know you're not a hater anymore? You're a lover now. Come on, say, I'm a lover. Say, I'm not sad anymore. Look at the one next to you and look at and smile when you say that. Say, I'm not sad anymore. Now, why aren't you sad anymore? Because God's poured out joy into your spirit. So be joyful. You say, well, I can't be joyful. Yes, you can be joyful if you want to. How many God's poured out? How many believe in Romans 5? He poured out love into your spirit. So you can't say, well, I just can't love. You're lying. You're either lying, you're lying, or you're not saved. Because if you are saved, God poured out the oil and the wine. He poured out the love. He poured out the measure of faith. He poured out joy in your spirit. It's just sitting there coagulating, ready to go. Bam. you got to activate it by faith, man. I've got the love. I've got the joy. Do you know you can pull down in your spirit and pull out that love and, and love people when they're unlovely? And when you feel like you can't e even do one more push-up or one, one more mile or do one more thing, you can pull out strength and say, the spirit of might is upon me. And now you can begin flowing in the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. Elijah, the spirit of might came on him, and he outran the chariot. Do you know, we have an inner strength that can put us over where natural strength will let us down. You have a powerful joy on the inside of you. When everything seems to be going wrong, you can tap into that joy, and you can smile at adversity. How can it be? It's supernatural. It's the Spirit of God. It's the joy of the Lord. We can be joyful in tribulation. Isn't that amazing? We can be joyful 
in tribulation. But we have to learn how to tap into that joy. Hebrews chapter 12. No, you do not have to sit around today and be discouraged. You can stir up the joy of the Lord. Can you say amen? God wants you to be joyful today. You can cast your care on the Lord. I had one minister at a convention just recently, Anthony Lepardo from down in Tulsa, Italian guy, cool minister. He was ministering about casting your care on the Lord. He said when he looked it up in the Greek, it means to not just cast it or kind of just throw it from me. It means to slam it. Slam your cares on the Lord. No, I'm not going to take that. Your word says that I can cast my care upon you because you care for me. I receive that. I'm not going to worry about anything. Can you say amen? We have to take God's word and be aggressive about it. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Look what it says here. We can do it. We can lay it aside. And we can run with patience the race that is set before us. Look what it says or how we're going to do it. Looking unto what? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the what? Finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him. Looking over into the Amplified, it says this. Let's strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily, definitely and cleverly clings to and entangles us. What did it say? Strip it off and throw it aside. And let's run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that's set before us. Amen? Down to verse 3, he said, Just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself. Reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials, so that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart and relaxing and fainting your mind. So we're not going to faint. Amen? Jesus will help you to keep a positive attitude and smile on your face even when things don't look so good in the natural. Amen? Romans chapter 4, verse 18. So the joy of the Lord will help us during trying times. Roman, look what it did here in, uh, in Romans chapter 4, verse 18. So the joy will cause you to not waver or stagger at the promise of God. Romans chapter 4, verse 18, it says, For Abraham, human reason for, look at hope being gone. He hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations. So, so as he had been promised, so numberless shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead because he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Saren's dead and womb. Look at this. No unbelief, no unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong. Look at this. He grew strong and was empowered by faith. Now, I started looking at something today about the joy of the Lord. It says here that he did not waver. He did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. But what did he do? He was strong in faith, yes. But it says he was empowered by faith as he did something. He was empowered by faith only. 
No, he was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Do you know there's a supernatural strength that will come into you? When you decide you're going to live by faith, when you can lift up your hands in the middle of adversity and begin praising and thanking God, not looking at anything in the natural, just knowing your strength comes from the Lord, your deliverance comes from the Lord. I will say to the Lord, he is my strength, amen. I will say to the Lord, he's my deliverer. I will say to the Lord, he's my provider. You don't have to see it. You just know, glory to God, that it's on the way when you begin believing it and speaking it because God said he will do it. He said, and fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and do what he promised. That is why his faith was credited to him as righteousness, right standing with God. Amen. How many know he did it all by faith? He just totally trusted the Lord and acted like God had told him the truth. So in the midst of Abraham's circumstances, what did he do? He glorified God. Okay, look at Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16 and verse 22. The crowd also joined in the attack against them, and the rulers tore off the clothes off them and commanded them that they be beaten with rods. What a day that was. And when they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. He, having received so strict a charge, put them into the inner prison, the dungeon, and fastened their feet in the stocks. And about midnight, you say, I felt like that last night, about midnight. How many have felt like you've had some trials, like it was maybe a midnight in your life? You, you, you know, many were seemingly overwhelmed by things. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. Look what they're doing. And singing hymns of praise to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the very foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the doors were open, and everyone's shackles were unfastened. And when the jailer startled out of his sleep, saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was at the point of killing himself because he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Do not harm yourself, for we're all here. And then the jailer, and I want you to notice what happened as they began to praise and worship God in a great time of tribulation of their life. It says here, and he brought them out of the dungeon and said, Men, what is necessary for me to do that I may be saved? And they answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, give yourself to him, and take yourself out of your own keeping and trust yourself in his keeping, and you will be saved. And this applies both to you and to your household as well. And they declared the word of the Lord, the doctrine concerning the attainment through Christ of eternal salvation in the kingdom of God to him and all that were in the house. You know what happened? This whole family got saved. His whole family got saved because in the midst of a great tribulation in their life, they decided to worship God and thank him. Jessica, I was, uh, my daughter, she's up somewhere, and I was reading something. I had a note written here that in, I think there was 45 ladies that were together in, a, in her shower, and they're all enjoying the presence of God. And a lady that came that day experienced the glory of God in there experienced people being happy and full of joy and that day accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Do you know that, you know that we should turn situations into in a, uh, where people will want to call upon the name of the Lord. Amen? In everything, look at it. In uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, 
don't, I mean, I think we, none of them should be mistaken. They weren't, Paul and Silas weren't rejoicing because they had been beaten. Amen? They were rejoicing. They were rejoicing because they knew the power of the Lord was there to deliver them. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give, what? Thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But thank God we have authority over him in Jesus' name. Now, Nehemiah 8.10 says this. I want to just give you a couple of mainliners right here where you think about, about joy. A lot of things happen in Acts chapter. Joy was really the vehicle that delivered them and can deliver you. But let me tell you this. Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is what? Is your strength. You need to understand that God put that joy in there for a reason. It will be your strength to fight life through. You've got to learn how to tap into that supernatural power of joy. I mean, in the midst of all that tribulation, they begin to worship and praise God. In the midst of all that Abraham was going through, he began to praise and give glory to God. And you know, you can do the same thing. That's an act of faith, isn't it? How many of it takes a real act of faith when you're really going through tribulation or through a trial to discount it all joy? Just consider the whole thing joyful, Lord. You get, you're giving me the strength to get through what I'm going through. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you let go of joy, you let go of your strength. And you know, no man can really steal your joy. But if you kind of back off, if the, if the enemy tries to put a lot of pressure and you back off, you won't have that power there. So you have got to cast your cares on the Lord. God's Word says this in Ephesians 6.10, Be strong in the Lord. How many will be strong in the Lord here today? I mean, you're going through some things, you're feeling some things, be strong. That's a good word for you. Be strong in the what? In the Lord and the power of His might. He didn't say be strong in yourself. Give me 10, you know, be real strong. I'm talking about be strong in the Lord. You've got to tap into that inner strength and that joy that will put you over. Be joyful in the Lord. Amen? And, the, and God's strength will sustain you in the day of trouble. You know what else joy does? Not only does joy bring strength, but listen to this. Proverbs 17:22 says this. A happy heart is a good medicine. You know that joy brings healing? When you can get into the joy of the Lord and, and just to give Him praise and glory, He says, happy heart. A happy heart. There's something about a happy heart is a good medicine. And a, listen to this. And a cheerful mind works healing. This is in the Amplified Bible. But a broken spirit dries the bones. So a happy heart's a good medicine and a cheerful mind works healing. Happy people, write that in your notes today, happy people are healthier people. They really are. You've got to learn to be able to release those cares and those anxieties by praise and worship. You have to be able to cast your care on the Lord and sing and shout and release all those things. And how many know we've got a, we've got a good reason to rejoice? In medical science has records of people with terminal illnesses rejoicing. I mean, I mean, medical science has record of people rejoicing their way back to health. You ought to try being happy. It's really fun. How many of you know, as people in the world see us out there, 
<laughs> they should see some joy on the faces of believers. Amen? I mean, even when you walk out of the church today, you know, just put a big smile on your face. Everybody that sees you out there say, man, they must have had a great time. But you know something? We are having a great time. We don't have to do anything in the natural, the circumstances, to be joyful. Man, we have the joy. We stir up that joy. We're joyful because we're in Him. Amen? Because we have received mercy and grace. But joy brings healing. We've got a reason to rejoice. Now, uh, in Philippians 4, 4, it says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Gladden yourselves in Him. And again, I say rejoice. The joy that comes when you begin to praise and worship Him and rejoice will help cause you to strengthen your faith and in the midst of trials you will be strong. Listen to this. Look in James 1.4. So important that you consider it joyful and that you choose to rejoice in the trials you're going through. You have to do it because it'll put you over. James 1.4. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified. It says this. But let, well, verse 2 says, consider it wholly joyful. My brothers and sisters, whenever you're enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various times. Notice the first thing he said. He said, well, now get in faith. No, the first thing he said is, consider it now. This trial you're about to go through, this trial you're going through today, consider it what? Consider it joy. How in the world we can do that? By faith. How are we going to do it? Stir it up. How are we going to do it? Get aggressive about it. You say, I'm going through the worst trial of my life. Well, then get happy about it. Why is that? Because you're expecting to be delivered. Get happy about it because God's going to help you. Get happy about it because God's going to see you through. Get happy about it because the strength will come. The joy will be there to fight the good fight of faith. And how many, when you fight the good fight of faith, you always win? Amen? So we get excited about it. It's just another trial. How many have been through a few in your life? Well, you're still here. Come on. You say, I've got some battle scars. Oh, come on now. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You stir up that joy. He's going to see you through. He's going to continue to see you through. And it said right here, be assured. Listen, be assured and understand that the trial and the proving your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. So when you rejoice and count it all joy, tap into that joy, you know what it's going to do? It's going to give you the power to endure the trial and come out perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And you're going to look back and say, wow, there's a testimony to get through the next trial. He bought me through that one. It'll give me my source of encouragement to get through the next trial the enemy tries to throw at me. Amen? Well, God is good. And his mercy endures forever. Listen to this. Here's one last one. And we're going to receive our missions offering for the month. And that is this. There is joy in doing God's will. I seen a lot of happy people here at Bus Kids yesterday. I think there was like 70 some kids, over 100 people, 110, 12 people here yesterday. And all the kids having a great time. Kids getting saved. Lives being changed. There's joy in doing God's will. Listen to this. Psalm 40 verse 8 says... I delight to do your will, O oh God. Say that. I delight to do your will, O oh God. 
And Jesus delighted in doing his Father's will. And you and I are supposed to delight in doing the Father's will. Amen? And we can experience great joy as we, as we serve the Lord and be doers of the Word of God. Amen? There is a scripture I had wanted to share with you before I close today. Oh, about the glory to God. Well, it's all good. Let's, let's look in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. How many know, though, it is we serve the Lord? Well, it might be this right here. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57, the Amplified says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Look at this. Thanks be to God. Say that with me. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory, making us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Please think about that. He gives us the victory, makes us conquerors. What a good God. Verse 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, oh, here it is right here. Be firm. Will you be firm today? Be steadfast, immovable. Look at always abounding, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Brother Bill and Joni, always abounding in the work of the Lord. There's joy in doing the will of God. I delight to do your will, O Lord. It says, always, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord. Look at this. Knowing and being continually aware. Is that up there? Continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It's never wasted or to no purpose. How many of that gives you a lot of joy right there? Come on, knowing that everything we do for the Lord, God will never forget it. Amen? Uh, he's never going to overlook when you serve the Lord. And you know something? He's going to be there in your, whatever you're going through. If you will tap in to praise and giving glory to God, he will be your strength to see you through. I could give you a lot of examples. But let me tell you this right now. When you begin to praise him, the joy of the Lord will begin to rise up in you. Let's stand up for a minute. Right, we have such great examples in the Bible about people that just lifted up their hands. Armies were defeated. Jehoshaphat, his army went out and they began to praise and worship. And God supernaturally delivered them. Amen. Father, we want to thank you today. Hallelujah. The joy, your joy today. We confess it. We believe it. Lord, your joy on the inside will be our strength to fight the good fight of faith. Father, I thank you for the joy of the Lord rising up right now on the, on the inside of every person in this room. And I call them strong. I call you strong in the Lord today in the power of his might. I thank you for the awesome joy of the Lord rising up inside of you. It's an eternal joy. It's an everlasting joy. The Bible says, neither be sorry, don't be discouraged, don't be dismayed, because the joy, <laughs> come on, the joy of the Lord, Jesus is your strength today. He will help you fight life through, hallelujah. He will help you overcome joy, joy. Assign joy today to your life. Assign joy to your job. 
Assign, assign joy to whatever attacks are coming your way. Assign joy to your family and say, I am going to go and move in the joy of the Lord. Jesus is my joy. Hallelujah. And I am happy in the Lord. The joy of the Lord, hallelujah, is putting me over. Thank you, Father. You are my strength and you are my joy today in the name of Jesus. Now, praise God, you can, you can activate that joy by singing, by shouting, lifting up your hands, praying every day, speaking the Word of God, being good to people. Well, let me tell you this right now. Just look in the mirror. When you go to bed tonight, say tomorrow morning, there's going to be joy in the house. You wake up in the morning, say, the joy of the Lord is my strength today. I refuse to be discouraged. Worship the Lord. Sing songs all the way to work. Come on, activate that joy. Stir it up every day, and it'll be your strength to fight life.